In 2020, four friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts, and we promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own, unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy. Beck did it better. From 1977, this is album 71, Exodus by Bob Marley. Uh, folks, we have not gotten together now for over a week. We are primed. We are pumped. We literally have been talking for a half hour before this. And we're like, okay, we should probably push record here at some point and get started on this. But it is good to see you. I hope everyone has had a good week. Oof, I'm already bored talking to you guys. This is crazy how long that did not take me. Okay, this thanks, guys. Great conversation. To react to your jokes. <laughs> yeah. when, when, when do we? No, that's we right. You guys want me to speed through this. Recording? So we get to the rolling going part. What is everybody doing? <laughs> guys, let's turn on the radio. It's been so long. And maybe, you know what? Maybe there's a holiday song. There's probably not. Here we go. Let's check it out. Nice. What's up, everybody? Welcome to K-Rob. K-R-O-B. This the lone wolf, Wolfman Rob. Oh. Oh, oh. But sometimes the lone wolf wants to run with the pack. Sometimes Wolfman Rob stares out the window and wonders, What's love? Will I ever find somebody? Maybe the answer is just staring me in my Wolfman face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this gets weird. I'm just going to tell you guys. What? <laughs> it sounds really awesome. Wait, am I dating Rob yeah. or someone else? Oh yeah. <laughs> Many people have told me now. Yeah, Russell sounds really great. I do. Hey, Let me tell radio. you that I agree. I bet he'd be fun to date. I would yes. take him for hey. a walk. All right, all right. But we go to museums. Yes. He'll buy me a cocktail with rum. And a shirt with a giant tongue. <laughs> so couldn't it should be illegal? Ooh, yeah. Leave it in a mission now. Ah. (laughs) Russ is a great guy, and he's really rich. (laughs) I would definitely try to have sex with him. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll even bone him. He'd make sure we both had come. That's what it's like when you're dating Russ. <laughs> when you want to hear about the greatest album So that was a song about what I think would be like to have sex with Russ. I don't know. But you're just too late. I see we, I see we somehow lost uh, Bribe.com at some point. There's a new Bribe.com is no longer I still think he's great. We still think he's great. If you listen to the actual song, Exodus, the rhymes work out. And then sometimes I just, I was like, what rhymes with rum? Uh-oh. Well, I guess I know which direction the song is going. So, and you might notice that also, I'm sure our astute listeners realize that that's also the same song I did, the parody song last time we did Bob Marley. But this time, instead of the stud Russ, it took a little bit of a turn. I don't know. It was a subtle turn. I don't know if you guys picked up on it, but. 
<laughs> Listen, welcome to Beck I am Better really cool. Right. One of our specialties. <laughs> we are talking about Bob Marley's Exodus, and I've got three guys here who probably thought of something to say. <laughs> Matt in Minneapolis, how are you doing, Matt? <laughs> Good. Wax, vax, boosted, ready to go. Let's party. Oh, there you go. Hey, I've got ready. Russell in Minnesota. Russell, how are you doing? Guys, rise up, my fallen co-hosts. Rise and speak again. Our dumb shit listeners have stopped calling the backline and run away, but we live to pod another day. I thought you were doing All the right. Altered Beast bit. Rise <laughs> from your graves. That's the one sound effect I can do really well. Oh! <laughs> it's a good video game. That game rocked. My sister and I literally will call each other sometimes and just say, rise from your grave. <laughs> rise, Lord oh, Vader. Is that from the hit game Altered Beast? Yes. <laughs> Said nobody ever. Are we going to talk some, are we gonna talk some uh, Christmas cards again? We are not. No, Jenny is here to make sure everything is good. Every other quality insurance. And I'm not going to say anything because last time, I all, not only was I dealing with you three clowns, I was also getting texts saying, uh, hey, we need to talk. And I was like, hmm. uh, I, I've also got Aaron. Aaron, did you know that the average American has sex 54 times a year? This last week in December is going to be crazy for me. I can hardly wait. This is going to be crazy. Aaron, how are you doing? Yeah. End of the year, you got to get those that stuff in your show. Right? You got to yeah, get the stuff you in. You're back to zero on get January Get the stuff 1. in. What are you talking yeah. about, Aaron? Is that what you call it? Disrespectful. It, Rob, when it rains, it doesn't rain on my man's house. What? It did though on yours. You're still in the <laughs> kitchen. It's everywhere it rained. That's why your garage collapsed. It totally, it totally rained on your house. That's why that's why you're not in the garage. It doesn't anymore. rain on one man's house. That's what Bob says. Oh, okay. Folks, we don't have time to talk about maybe who's sitting next to me and listening to this conversation or what. We've got to get to our voicemail. Uh -oh. Someone oh, called again. I thought everyone stopped calling. We asked I'm them sure to it's listeners who are very happy with Oh, hold on. New, new, new intro. Line. But they're not so great yes. most of the time. <laughs> it's true. They leave text messages for our show. Do these <laughs> idiots not realize we only do audio? Our listeners are moronic. <laughs> what you think? That's what we think. Yes. Well, it's a pain <laughs> to hear what they say if you think they're bad. That rhymed. That was good. Yeah, nice, nice. That was fantastic. You know, this is Aaron's dad, and I oh, don't no. really mind as a lifelong Iowan picking on Iowa that much. But man, oh. when you take shots at the Drake relays, that's a oh, whole other story. <laughs> I, mean, I told you guys. How many Olympians have you seen run? And have you seen Mitch Potter, famous 400 meter runner for the University of Minnesota, throw up after races? Oh, God. I've gone for 49 yeah. consecutive years, soon to be 50. And man, you are missing a good thing. I got 10 tickets for the relays. You guys can come down anytime and watch it. Now, the other thing I have a problem with is, Rob, you dissing milk duds. Are you effing kidding me? Milk oh. duds are awesome. And how can you go oh. to a movie without eating milk duds? Man, Matt knows. Oh, I like this guy. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> you take care. Okay, so let's get uh, one thing is one. Uh, don't ever call and criticize me again, ever. I don't care whose dad you are, okay? I will not stand for that. 
Okay, if we see each other face to face, it's on, on site with me and Aaron's dad. Okay, first of all, oh, oh, let's send Russell a shirt. Let's uh, let's tell Aaron about you know pulling into the cider or whatever he was doing that one time. What's what are we gonna do with Rob? Oh, let's criticize the candy that he likes to eat. No, that he doesn't like to eat. Damn it! Now I'm all confused. Shit. My my question is that personally. My question is which is longer, the um, the length of that message. Or the amount of time it takes someone at those terrible relays to run around once on the track. Is it about the same amount of time? It is, because that message actually was 51 seconds, which is about like a high school 400. Well, I bet Mitch Potter ran in sub 47, I would bet. Well, and I know, and I know Drake's a big like sports fan, and yeah. he's like you know an yeah. owner of Toronto and stuff. Dun, dun, but when did he, when did he, when did he get into track? <laughs> I like how his selling point was like, "Hey, have you guys ever seen?" Somebody barf their guts out after running a 400. I was like, yes. hmm. well, now okay. I've changed my mind on these Drake relays. So I do have a semi hard erection now. I'll keep going. <laughs> he was a warrior, man. He would get out there and go beyond his limits every time and then yak. And my, you know, my yeah. dad's seats are red on the finish line. You can see all that. Guess stuff. what? He could have come and visit Russell on his 21st birthday. He could have seen exactly <laughs> the same things. Okay. This is not, he you do not need to be a great athlete to barf because you did something too if much. If invited him, he would have been there for sure. I did that. My, my kid did that once where basically she was like, I don't know how old she was. She was like two. And we got her ice cream at a restaurant and these psychopaths brought her out like four scoops of ice cream to a little kid. Idiots. Okay. Now, of course, Jenny and I did our normal hands-off parenting where we didn't do anything. And we're like, well, she'll just eat ice cream until she's, you know, doesn't want to eat anymore. Uh, we were wrong. She ate all the ice cream. We were woken up that night by somebody, by a kid barfing up ice cream into our bed, which sounds fun. It's not at all. Not good. I don't know what the fun part is. No, none of that is fun at all. And just watching a kid vomit vanilla ice cream. And now that I think about it, she likes chocolate. She doesn't like vanilla anymore. So that actually makes sense. That tracks. Aaron, did you know that your dad was going to be calling in? Has he communicated with you recently that he did not like us ripping the Drake relays? Did you were you surprised by his connection with the Beck line or not? I I was not totally surprised. I did have a bit. Uh, I had a bit of an exchange, and he let me know that he had some thoughts, and I encouraged <laughs> him to share them. And I'm I'm glad that he did because I, <laughs> I knew that he would. So I was not. I, I didn't know I didn't know about the milk duds part until uh, more recently. I was, uh, but I, I knew the the Drake relays uh, thoughts were coming. You I, can't you can't get that by him. What does your dad do? What is he's, he's a doctor. He's a physician. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So milk dud. Yeah. Smart guy. It makes sense. Yeah, it makes oh my sense. god. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I'm, it's great right, that he has such that. a good job because I'm sure buying the ten tickets to the Drake relays put him back at least twelve dollars and fifty cents. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> He's got to be like, this is one of those events you go to and everyone in the parking lot is like, I'm selling, I'm selling, I'm selling. Everybody's like, no, I'm selling. Like, no, no, I'm, these, I'm are, these are great tickets. They're right on the third turn. They're yeah. fantastic tickets right on the turn. There, Do you right? see the barf on my shoes? That's from last year. Okay. <laughs> that you could, you could be me if you really wanted to. What yeah, is, but you guys now you have an now you have an open invitation. You can go down there and check it out with it. Aaron, I'm I'm fascinated. What do you get as candy at a movie theater? Okay, or are you some sort of sicko perv freak that doesn't do any sort of? No, don't look at me like that. You're looking at me like, hmm, wait, am I a sicko perv freak? You're like you're questioning. Aaron, like hmm, maybe Aaron, I am, and I've never thought about. Don't put your head down below the camera and pop it up like you're peeping. Yeah, like when Rob yeah. accuses you of being that sick freak. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm a pretty. I'm a pretty strictly popcorn guy at the movies, oh, but yes. if I had, I mean, do they have, do they have those mini Butterfingers sometimes? I might get like a oh, yeah. sleeve of Butterfingers. I would do that if I was going to get candy, I think. 
I like those mini ones because the chocolate is all the way around. I feel like regular Butterfingers, yeah. there's too much Butterfinger, not enough chocolate. The ratio. Yeah, better ratio. Yeah, yeah, totally. I will say this. I have abandoned popcorn at movies. I am done with popcorn. Why? Popcorn, thumbs down. Don't need it. It's, it's if filler. You, if I got, I'm going to stop you. If you fucking say, why not just get ice cream? Ice cream is so good. And you start talking about ice cream again, Rob, we got to cancel the podcast. <laughs> Generally, you don't like any dessert that you just okay. talk about ice cream. Well, I was going to say it would be really nice if they served ice cream in movie theaters, but I'm not going <laughs> to say that. That's what I now. thought. <laughs> I, I just think like a popcorn in a movie theater is like when you look at dog food and it's mostly grains and like, like, and you're like, wait, dogs don't eat grains. That's what popcorn is. It's total filler. Like it's not. Nobody's ever eaten a bag of popcorn and goes, wow, that was really good. I'm glad I ate that. No, whole bag no, no, of no. I got to no, no, no. stop You're you. wrong. Yeah. yeah I, no, I, I think the bottom, I think there's a bottom level of grains. Like the bottom 15% is grains. Like you're saying, Rob, it's just like these little kernels. But I think they do that on purpose. And I think what happens is you get to the end and that's all that's left is that little shit at the bottom. And then you don't eat it and you can put it down and you can say, well, at least I didn't eat the whole bucket. There's like some <laughs> level of like feeling good about yourself because yeah. at the end, you're, you're not going to eat that. You put it away and you don't have to feel bad about yourself. It's like that classic and, move I've done where I'm like, well, I'm not going to finish this plate of food. Yes. And then if the waiter doesn't come in the next five minutes, I'm like, well, I'll just have a little bit more. I'll just have a little and, bit more. And, and movie theaters are where popcorn's best, right? I mean, that's where you've got the yeah. big machine. You've mm-hmm. got the actual real cooker. It's not a microwave yeah. thing. And you've got the real butter. I mean, I'm using air quotes, real butter. You know, I don't know what they use, but they've got the actual like liquid butter that you pour on and stuff. I mean, that's like how it's made, how it's supposed to be made. The nectar of the gods, movie yes. theater butter, the nectar of the I gods. I think it's called Flavacol. I just was reading about this in a holiday gift guide for foodies. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. Flavacol. Aaron, we haven't had a left field take of the, we haven't had a left field take of the week in a lot while. God, where is it even? That's what I'm going to start calling my penis. <laughs> oh, gross. You're going to start oh, calling oh, penis oh. flavor coal? <laughs> oh. oh, that goes back to what we were talking about earlier. No, oh. thanks. That was Aaron's take Reading about flavor coal is talking Yep, guy. I can only picture Aaron's wife constantly pretending like, oh, God, that stops fast. Aaron's wife constantly <laughs> pretending she's asleep next to him. You know what I mean? Like she sees him reading like a magazine about flavor coal and she's like, oh, shit. And she's like, <laughs> <laughs> it, was in the, it was in the gift guide. Uh, Helen Rosner, who's an excellent food writer, uh, writes for the New Yorker. Uh, and then she, she did a holiday gift guide for people who like food. And one of her things was like, well, if you're stuck at home watching movies, um, you, you can actually get the real stuff, the real chemical that they use at the movie theater. It's called flavicol. So I happened to be reading about it. Some some call it the nectar of the gods. The nectar of the gods. Please don't get me flavor call. Okay. I know it's going to be like a funny bit that we're going to send it to each other. Do not send me flavor call. I don't need it. Jenny sneaks in food into a movie theater. And you know what she sneaks in? This is sick, by the way. This is perverted. You know what she sneaks in? Chicken and cabbage. (laughs) Real chicken breast. (laughs) She she sneaks in microwave popcorn. Well, that that's just diseased. It's it's weird. Yeah. Just go buy some Sneaking in microwave popcorn into a movie theater would be like if she went to the movie theater, faced the back, put on her front facing phone camera, looked at it over her shoulder and watched the movie that way. Like they have the superior product right there. Why would you bring in this cheap ass microwave popcorn when the good stuff is right? It, it makes absolutely no sense. And I mean, well, you got to have a like, what is her? What's her game for getting by the, the guards who would stop her? For like, she's got a smelly popcorn, right? I can tell you right now, the guards in New York do not care. If you are not actively <laughs> jacking it in the theater, 
Okay. If you are not jacking off in the theater, it is okay. You're doing it wrong. You could tell them like, I'm going to go jack off. And they're like, okay, well, okay. We're keeping an eye yeah, on that's you. That's like you're sitting you're in a chair. It, and so I don't know if that really works. Maybe, well. maybe every time she sneaks popcorn into the theater, she marks it down as money she can save towards getting a first class ticket on an airplane while you and your kids sit in the coach. Oh, oh no. Oh, oh, it, Russell. The fact. The idea, the idea that you think we save money going to a movie theater is laughable. I, I'm going to laugh so hard. I'm going to barf up this vanilla ice cream. I've been Okay. Because I can tell you what she does. We go yeah. to the movie theater, right? And first of all, do you think Beyonce brings microwave popcorn to a movie theater? Oh my God. <laughs> She's getting full buckets. You know, Jay-Z is like, Hey, dig in this popcorn. <laughs> Never mind. I had to, I was, where was I? I wasn't at work. I couldn't purple have been at legs, work. Purple legs. I work legs. at a school. But I was with somebody and I did, I was, I was talking about the popcorn <laughs> trick at the movie theater. And just to let everybody know, okay. What's the popcorn trick? Who's not as cultured as I am. The popcorn trick is where you put a hole in the bottom of the popcorn bucket <laughs> oh, and God. insert your erect penis. Okay. Now, you would only <laughs> like do this with somebody. You would only do this with somebody who consensually, you said, I'm going to do this. And they would agree. Obviously. Otherwise, it's, it's very wrong. But I was explaining to somebody, they go, I've never heard of that. So then I started talking about it and they looked at me like you would look at somebody who's explaining how to put your penis into a popcorn bucket from the bottom. And I was like, actually, you're right. You're right. The way the three of us are looking at you right now. Is that similar? Yeah. But you know what's worse than that? I would rather I would rather reach into a popcorn bucket and be like, what is this? What? What is this? It feels like a bedpost. What is that? What is this? Okay, but it's warm. It's like a warm bed, but it's really warm. Actually, it's like dangerously hot to the touch. You'd rather um, do that than what? When Jenny goes to the movie theater with me, she not only sneaks in microwave popcorn, which is sick. Like if she got arrested, she would go right to the psychiatric evaluation. I'm pretty sure. Does she eat it like out of the bag the whole time? No, she puts it into a plastic Ziploc bag. So none of this makes oh any sense, God. right? None of it's like cold. <laughs> no, it's sick. So then she goes and she buys a large soda to go to the Coke freestyle machine, which by the way, I don't think it's enough attention is probably the greatest creation in the last 10 years. The Coke freestyle machine. It never works the way you want it. It's never quite as good as you want. The good flavors aren't there, but it's amazing. You know what I'm talking about, Aaron? You're looking at me that with that look again. I've never seen a Coke freestyle machine. That's you all. fucking it's idiot. Sounds... What the fuck is your problem? <laughs> to be fair, they might, they might not even <laughs> allow happening. sugary beverages in Aaron's towns anymore. Those things might not even be allowed out there. <laughs> I, mean, I haven't been in the movies now for like two years. So I'm, I'm sure they get out of the movies. I was going to say, have you ever been in a Five Guys? But I'm not, I won't yell that at you. Have you been in a Five Guys lately? They have freestyle machines in there. I actually have not been. I, I, five Guys is a hole in my burger education. I'm going to explain to you what a freestyle machine is. A freestyle machine is imagine you're in Star Trek and they're drinking pop. This is what a freestyle machine is. You walk in. It's got all the kinds of pop you want. What kind of pop you want to drink, Aaron? Uh, I would say Coke or Dr. Pepper. Okay, so you select Dr. Pepper. Now, what flavor do you want to add to Dr. Pepper? What would be your dream? Uh, Cherry. Yeah, cherry. Guess what? You can. Cherry, vanilla, grape, whatever you want to add. You can add it. You can do it as much as you want. No problem. My wife, and this is how sick this is. She buys a large soda at the movie theater, which, by the way, costs, oh, I don't know, probably $25. Well, right? She saved money bringing her own popcorn. Who cares? Oh my God, yeah, she's yeah. fine. She, yeah, she's. They're practically paying her to go to this movie. She point. gets soda water from the machine. She gets a large <laughs> soda water, bubbly, uh, straight ass soda water. That's what we we're spending money on. That? Are you kidding me? You guys seem let down by the end of that story. It was a good story, actually. 
I was trying to make an ass soda water joke. And I was just trying to think of a good joke about ass soda water. See, this Are, is why I go back to the penis and the popcorn. Because when I tell normal jokes, you guys don't react. So I have to go blue. Sick. So, my in-laws are right next. They can probably hear me yelling about this. Can you imagine them looking at each other? Just be like, he's doing the penis and the popcorn bit again. Real hot. Are they shaking their head about that or the soda water? <laughs> probably the soda water. They're like, I, I was with them until you said that she got soda water. That's sick. Are you guys people that sneak things in because you're too cheap? Like you don't want to pay for something at the twi- at the baseball game, so you sneak things in, or what's your sneak it in style? Well, you know, as up until about five years ago, you could bring your own stuff into AMC movie theaters, and I did. I figured no. this out. Okay, my brother was dating a gal who worked nice at the AMC theater, and she goes, "No, you could bring in whatever you want." So it was legal. To bring in your own stuff until about five years ago. Then they changed that. So forever, oh, wow. everybody was trying to sneak stuff in. And the people who were working there, literally, they were like laughing at people who were like hiding stuff under their under their coats and stuff. It's like, yeah, you can walk right in with it. But then they changed it. So there was so, no limit. So if I wanted to bring in like no. a rotisserie chicken, I could. Yeah. <laughs> oh, in damn. a bucket. In a bucket. Ooh, that'd be so good. Yeah, that sounds so, great. I would not dream of cheating you know, a nice company who was giving me a service by sneaking things in though, you know, like it's part of the experience is paying $25 for a milk duds and a small pop. And then maybe some popcorn. Let me ask you this so, though, man, what happens when your kids go old enough where you're taking the kids and their friends to a movie and now you're buying snacks. Is that going yeah, to change your mind a little bit? You love, yet. You, yeah. you love sucking on the T to VMC that much where you want to shell out 150 bucks for an hour and a half movie. Aren't, yeah. aren't your kids old enough where you're not even going with them anymore, where you're just dropping them off? Like, they don't want you going to the movie with them anymore, right? Or if, have you not realized this? This is like this lack of self-realization. <laughs> like, you're like going in with like a bunch of, you know, 12-year-old girls and you're like, this is great. And they're like, we need Mr. Rob to get Man, the hell out of here. We haven't told him cool. yet. He can't be in here. So this goes out to Rosie's dad. This is what you get when you leave a message. This is what happens. This last <laughs> yeah. conversation is what you get. All the way off the rails. Yeah. Already. Uh, Drake Relay sucks. Uh, All right. We always sneak beer in the movies. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Okay, wait, wait, wait. You're sneaking beer into the movies? Yeah, that's just well, standard procedure. Like how Like how many beers are you talking about? How many are you sneaking in? <laughs> like two to four, depending on how long the movie is. Nice. Like when I was going, like when, like when, when we would go, when my wife and I would go together. You know, one or two for each of us, depending on. So at some point, you're going to be old enough where your son, when he stops punching in the nuts, you're going to take him into a movie theater. Are you going to be bringing in a beer with the kid? Because I think if you get caught bringing in a beer with a kid, that's going to be an issue, right? (laughs) Yeah, I hadn't thought of of that part. Like when he goes to school and they ask, how was your weekend? He's like, well, we went to a movie theater. My dad got caught with a bunch of (laughs) beers up his sleeve. <laughs> okay, when you put it that way, yeah, maybe maybe we'll knock up. I mean, I, we've still been back to the theater for a long time. Excuse me, sir, is that a All real right, fake sorry. leg? They just dump it out. It's just full of beer. <laughs> All right, rolling going. Let's get into rolling going. Excuse me, sir, are you trying to sneak in a tuna can? Oh wait, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Those three tuna cans stacked on top of each other. So hot. Why is it so hot? That doesn't make any sense. Rosie, I made myself laugh. Guys, listen, I'm not going to lie. Do you see this? These bang energy drinks? I've had two of these. I've had two of these. How long have we been recording for? Uh oh, 29 minutes, and I've had two of these, and a serving size is like a third. So that's not good. So I might be flying. That might be my bad. Fired up. Fired up. 
Perfect. Aaron, rolling going. How's it going with you? Oh, this was for me. Uh, it's going pretty well. Uh, it's been, uh, it's been a, a couple of weeks since we talked. Um, I saw a coyote today, so that was kind of cool, but was it on like a, uh, on a website or in a book or in live and live? No, in my neighborhood. Like we walked by, like we were taking a walk this afternoon. Was it in my neighborhood? Was it Jeremy Roenick? There's a deep cut for you. It was Phil Kessel. It's Phil Kessel. <laughs> Dude, All even right. I don't even I don't know pro hockey teams. So these this, these jokes do not. Fly. The good news is nobody's listening anymore, so we can say whatever we want for the rest of this podcast. This is just for us. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, as long as we're just among the four of yeah, us. Yeah, you want to so, hear that song uh, where I talk so, about fucking Russ again? <laughs> Aaron, were you intimidated by the coyote or anything? Did you have to run inside or were you afraid he was going to attack you or anything like that? Yeah, for sure. I, well, I didn't have to run inside because Anna's been reading about what to do in case of case encounter coyote. This is like straight <laughs> just in our neighborhood. Like we were just taking a walk in the neighborhood. And they're in everybody's has, neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. They're right, all they're just around. Yeah. Is no, this, yeah, okay, this so is the neighborhood where out of control. This is the neighborhood where Aaron houses many rats yeah. in his garage, <laughs> and also I believe you guys don't. Isn't there like a potbelly pig in, in one of your yards or something like that too? Not my yard, but in the neighborhood, there's a pig. Yeah, yeah. Oh. kiwi. I yeah. so I, so here's what I'm picturing. Right, you're lying in bed. You're looking at a, a full like you do the Playboy thing, you know, where you pull out the centerfold. It's just movie butter. It's a picture of movie butter. And you're like, hey, check this out. Your wife over there is reading a book like Coyotes for Dummies. And she's like, hmm, oh, yeah, this is very interesting. <laughs> then in one day you're like, this, it's unbelievable. This has both been useful for us. It's, I know. It's about right. So did you, did you run in and then realize the kid was still outside and went back and grabbed him off his bike or what? No, no, we were, it was just the two of us out for a walk. And then we came upon this woman who was like, hey, I think that might be a fox down there. And she had kind of this little dog, which a coyote would tear to shreds. Yeah. And we took one look and she was like, no, no, no. We were like, no, that's that's a coyote. So I uh, didn't have to do anything. But um, Anna did learn that if you encounter a coyote, you should pick up a rock and throw the rock at it if it if it charges you. So uh, it's a PSA for all of our listeners out there who might run into coyotes. So your kid is way ahead of the game. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I was I mean, going to say, or just have a kid that punches you <laughs> oh. in the nuts and just comes out swinging at you. Yeah. He's been whipping rocks at you for weeks. This is great. Right. He's, he's haven't sad. we, haven't he's, we talked about this no before? Problem. What level of animal you could take in a fight? Aaron, don't you think legit if a coyote attacked you, you could? You don't think you could take the coyote? I I know I could. Ooh, I don't know. They're fast, right? I mean, I, I mean, I feel like if you put up a fight for long enough, it might move on to something easier. Maybe that would work. I don't know. I, I don't think I could like take a coyote. Like if it was like me and the coyote in the octagon, I'm not sure. I think it's a no win situation for you though. If the coyote attacks you and you lose, you can't look your wife in the eye. Right. But if you yeah. win, <laughs> what are you supposed to do? Like, Oh, I, I beat up an animal. It's a no yeah, win situation. No right. Either. Yeah, no, exactly. How big is a coyote? Like, are, like how many pounds are we talking here? I'd say if there's skinny, 30, maybe like 50, yeah, yeah, maybe 30, 35. That's, that's bigger than I thought. 30. Oh. That is well, Matt's going lower. I mean, they're pretty, they're pretty, you know, they're pretty slender. Like when they're and out there, yeah. I was picturing so, one like a little wiener dog. I was like, I think I could take a wiener dog. vicious, yeah. So did it stay away from you guys or did you walk, turn around and go in or what? how did you handle the situation? Well, we were on the sidewalk and it was kind of down in this little ravine. So by the time we looked at it, it had, it had turned and taken off. So we didn't have to like do much about the situation, but I was ready. If I had to pick up a rock, I was looking. It was 15 to 46 pounds on, and they, they travel 35 to 43 miles per hour. Really? Oh, that's pretty fast. Wow. 
That's fast. So that's where your wife, yeah. your wife, Aaron's Rosie, right. Rosie's wife at gmail.com. She was just bending over, starts tying her shoes. Right. And you're like, what are you doing? Like, well, I got to, I don't, I don't need to, I just got out, you know, I just got to beat yeah. you in a race. Let <laughs> yeah. this coyote go. And so she, she was not worried yeah. at all. So she, she was just going to let you. Yeah. I looked up. She was halfway down the street. Yeah. Aaron looks down at his shoes and he's like, Oh, I'm wearing leather flip-flops. I bought in Peru. Yeah. Like this is not good. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I don't have to outrun the coyote. I just got to outrun you. <laughs> yeah. That's what happened. I, I still haven't seen her. I know it was yesterday. We saw yeah. this coyote and, uh, yeah. That's what happened. I called her, asked her where she was. She said she's out running a coyote. She'll be back in a couple of weeks for sure, but don't call her anymore. <laughs> she's like, listen, honey, I Lose love talking number. to you about fake butter at night. It's great. But listen, there's coyotes all over the place. I'm out of here. Uh, don't do find my iPhone. Uh, Russell, rolling going. How's it going with you? <laughs> rolling going. I might need to go to the dating advice corner here. Oh I might need to go oh, get oh, some oh, advice from you guys. Big trouble. Actually, Russell's in big, big trouble. This uh, might be a letdown. Maybe I shouldn't have let into this like this. Get, 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 get to the corner. I'm confused because the dating advice corner is right by this one. Advice corner. So I was like, well, which one am oh, I going to push? Yeah. Checking my dinger. So as you guys know, we've talked about this before. Rob, you've said I'm a great conversationalist and a date. I, I can keep conversations going. I've got fun things to talk about. Yep. But with the holidays coming around, I believe Christmas is occurring right after this episode is coming out. So this is kind of our, our holiday episode, I believe. And oh, yeah. I was thinking when I'm out on dates, I need to have new, new and fresh, fresh and clean uh, conversation starters, right? Stuff that's mm-hmm. going to start a conversation. So what I thought we could do today is I could bounce some conversation starters off you guys that are about the holidays yep. and see what you guys think about these okay, conversation yeah. starters. How would you respond? And then you can let me know, are these good starters for a date uh, it, during the holidays? So we're going to say, are these conversation starters ho, ho, ho or ho, ho, no? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> All right. First, first conversation so far, starter ho, ho, for no. you guys. The ho, long ho, bit of ho, silence was a ho, or no. ho, ho, no. <laughs> All right. First, first question. If you had to live in a holiday movie, which one would you choose? If you guys had to live in a holiday movie, which one would you choose? Well, the obvious answer is the home alone, right? I mean, that house in Chicago is pretty bougie, right? I'd probably go with the Christmas vacation, live in Clark Griswold's house. Yeah. But the thing about home alone is that there's a tarantula crawling around and it never gets <laughs> solved. Like, they never come back to it. They never, there's just a tarantula and it's in like four scenes. It's crawling around. Nobody, nobody ever says at the end, like, oh, here, good. Here's a tarantula. That thing is fucking in that house somewhere. What they don't show you is the mom comes back. She loses a foot because it bites her. It gets infected. They cannot get to the hospital in time. There's too much ice. It's, it's terrible. Or she steps on those Christmas ornaments or the yeah. micro machines. Like there's got to be environmental gonna... hazards all over that house. There was tar all over it. There's frozen back steps. It's it, that's a death trap. And plus you step on that nail. You're going to get a communicable disease that Harry had. Cause you know, yes. he had like hepatitis C at least that's <laughs> bare minimum. Okay. Hey honey, how'd you get hepatitis C? Uh, I stepped on that nail downstairs. <laughs> Throw the Peloton. <laughs> I would say. Rob, so, we should start a company that gives people excuses for how they picked up a disease that they yeah. shouldn't have picked up. Yep. 
Like, okay. like so for, for $9, we'll give him the, I sat on a Peloton. I wasn't supposed to. For $12.99, we'll give him, I stepped on a nail at the Home Alone house when I was in Chicago last So, week. sir, we've got you down for the $25 package where we mail you a syringe that you can prick your finger on, okay? That's going to give you a lot of options for excuses of what you got from that, okay? That's our deluxe package, sir. It's very good. Okay. Uh, and, and if, but I'm going to tell you right now for $50, okay, you can upgrade. We will meet you at the beach. You say you don't have a swimsuit. We'll share a swimsuit with you. Listen, <laughs> you get chlamydia with a shared swimsuit. Everyone's going to buy that every time. Don't worry about it. Hey, I got chlamydia in Mexico. Oh, I shared a swimsuit. It's my bad. That's on me. Can you guys, can you Here, guys tell the notarized letter from the guy who let me borrow the swimsuit? I'm literally just roped up on caffeine. That's it. There's nothing else. No, in my system. no, I can't tell. <laughs> yeah. I would live at uh, Colin Firth's uh, country home in Portugal oh, in yeah. uh, Love Actually. I would take that one. Oh, my oh, God. That's, that's a good one. That's right. That's yeah. Love Actually, Aaron. You always bring that up around this time of year. It's a, it, it, you're I, right. Yeah, it's, it's a it's great a, movie. It's a it really is. Rotation, yeah. I'll tell, you what, I'll tell you what movie I'm not going to be part of, Russ. I'm going to go the anti-version on this. Christmas Story, that movie sucks. With the leg lamp? It is a bad movie. The movie is uh, not good. This is, this is like Rob saying Ferris Bueller. I, I'm starting to think Rob is not a good judge of good movies. Hey, so you, or, or so you're candy. telling me that when a Christmas Story comes on, you go, oh, good, let's watch this movie. Yeah. Everybody yeah, in that movie. 24 hours, watch it for ugh, sure. Everybody in that movie is gross. The kid is gross. The dad is gross. The bully and like his, ugh, they're just like gross. They're gross little, they're gross people. I don't like it. What about Ugh. the neighbors, the bumpuses oh, with all those feelings. dogs? Guys, I don't know. I don't know this movie. I don't waste my time watching the Christmas story. It's the worst. And then everybody's like, bumpuses. Oh, oh, the leg lamp, the leg lamp. Yeah, we get it. It's That's the best part of that movie? Question mark? I, all right. Was, so what do you I'm think? I'm going to be was more that, positive. Here on out, Russell. Positive Rob. Was, was, that a, was that a good conversation starter? Should you ever use that one on a date? Which which holiday scene would you live in? Okay, everybody, let's let's silently give a thumbs up or thumbs down, and I'm going to tell the crowd whether or not it was a whole... No, you can't go middle. We got three people. We need you. Okay, that was a ho ho ho. Two to yes, one. Two to one. Nice job, one. Russell. All right. Next next go, conversation Russell. started. I'm kind of curious. I'm curious for you guys. Is it really the thought that counts when it comes to gifts? <laughs> Would you rather get a gift that is something you like, or is it really the thought that counts? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this feels like a trap. Did Jenny send you this question? Like this feels really bad. I'm going to say right now at this point in my life, I got to say it's the thought that counts. I mean, it's so easy to buy counts. what I want. I think if somebody's yeah. taking the time to get me a gift, I think it's sweet. I mean, honestly, I, I'm going to go with a thought that counts, especially when you have kids because the stuff they're giving you. Oh my God. It's like an egg carton <laughs> cut up with a face on it. And you're like, oh, this buy is, your own thank stuff. Thank you. Say, yeah. Here, give us, give this to me. Yeah. Give me, give me some cash. I, I, I do think it's, it's the thought that counts. Now, is this a conversation? Oh, this is a conversation starter. Yeah. Matt, what do you think? Is it the thought that counts? Well, I think it's, I think it's twofold, right? Like if somebody actually really did think about the gift, yeah, you know, like said like, oh, I, you know, I knew that you loved driving an RV. So, you know, I got you this book about <laughs> RV parks around, you know, things like that, right? Like that's the thought that counts, right? But if it's literally somebody just grabbing the first book they saw at a bookstore and then, you know, saying, oh, you know, I don't know, I couldn't find anything for you. So I just, you know, then it seems like they're going to get away with that's the thought that counts there, yeah. you know, but like they really didn't put any thought into it. So 
Yes, I, I am with the, the overall, the, it's the thought that counts. You think there's some people lying out there about putting thought into it, and really they're just Correct. emptying their Absolutely. house of junk. Absolutely, yep. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Just checking a box. Aaron, what do you think? Yeah. Is it the thought that counts? 100% the thought all that counts, three of you, All three of you say 100%. it's the thought that counts. This is such bullshit. Yeah. The holidays are hard. There's a lot to remember. There's a lot going on in everybody's lives. If someone takes the time to think of you, that means you mean something to them. And so, okay. So let me, let me ask you this. Now I was going to do this and I'm not anymore. Okay. We all know that last year for a holiday gift, I got you guys a picture of myself in a speedo on a towel. Okay. Yep. It's gotten a Which lot of play. A lot of great. It's, enjoyment. it's just great. Now this year I had a different idea from an Instagram ad that popped up. <laughs> I am not going to do it, but I'm going to run by, run it by you to see what you would have thought of this. There, there is a company that will put your picture on women's underwear. So I was going <laughs> to put my picture on women's underwear and send it to your significant others. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> Do you think they would have... Now, A, I'm going to ask you the, three questions. Would, would they have appreciated it? Yes. yes. Would they have worn it? Okay. No, no, no. Would it be erotic if they wore it? Huh? No, no, what? Also, no. <laughs> you, they wouldn't even wear it. No, that's no. insulting. No, what are you going to do? Send it back? I mean, <laughs> use it for okay. cleaning stuff or something. Yeah, no. I, I actually had holiday gifts for you guys too, but I'm also unwilling to do it and unwilling to send them because it's too much work. But here's what I was going to get you: I was going to get Aaron a bicycle hat with the Beck Did It Better logo on it. Oh my God, that's such oh. a good one. I was going to get Rob a singlet with the Beck Did It Better logo on it. <laughs> oh, that's so good. And then I was going to get Matt a custom blow-up with the Beck Did It Better logo on it. And you can actually get custom blow-ups. But like, I was like, you, you can't just order it. You have to call and talk to a person. And I'm like, fuck that. I'm not calling to talk to a person. So <laughs> Do you think, so I was like, you think you, we can you get the four get of anything. us? We got to get the four of us and then assign the Beck did it better and then just yeah. have a blow up for people's That's heads. the blow yeah. that you need. Yeah. It'd be life size, true to size too. So can you imagine being working the blow up hotline? God, how do I get that job? That's the job I want. Okay, listen, here's what I want. Okay, I want a popcorn bucket and then get like three tuna cans, stack them up inside. Yeah. And can you make it hot? Can you make it like really hot? Like hot to the touch, like scary hot. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, I know that's what fake butter is. I, I, with, with I read the, the flavor article. Coal. With the flavor coal. Uh huh. And you can put flavor coal into the blow up. I, I actually lost. I'm kind of confused now. What's so, what do you guys on? think? Conversation starter on a date. Is it the thought that counts or is it, am I sitting myself up for disaster? Cause I would always say, no, it's not the thought that counts. Russell, that is a strong ho, ho, ho. Okay. Aaron's uh, going right. thumbs down. Didn't like that conversation. Oh, that's too bad. It All right. Be... You guys want one more conversation starter? I got to see if you guys want another one here. Yes, please. One Cause more, a lot of this more. podcast is, is going to get edited down. I'm realizing. All right. Here's the next one. Should a Christmas tree be decorated with store-bought ornaments that have a common theme or random ornaments that have been passed down and have meaning for each ornament. Random ornaments. Random. All day. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have cool ornaments that you, someone gave you that, but they put some thought behind it. Thought what kind of yeah, sickos actually really care. Like, Oh, this, these, these bulbs match, match the tinsel, match the, yeah. you know, the star on the top. Who, what kind of sickos actually really care about that kind of stuff? <laughs> yeah. It's gotta, it's gotta be fun. But how right. do you, how do you get those? Because you can't, Get all meaningful ornaments and one. Are you really going to have a tree with like two meaningful ornaments? Like you, you have to put some junk on there and then fill it up with stuff that matters over time, right? Right. Yeah, yeah that's the idea, right? 
Because we've, I mean, we've got so many ornaments where it's like, oh, here's our first Christmas together. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then we've got one where it's just a video game controller. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I like that too. So maybe, you know what, Russell, you're right. Jenny, what do you think? <laughs> if we're getting ornaments, should we have just ornaments that look good or ornaments that are meaningful? Both. What do you mean oh both? God, both. This is what you get when you bring somebody who orders soda water from a Pepsi freestyle machine. Sick. Oh, no. But her hair does look good, Rob. I don't know what you mean that her hair doesn't look good. Her hair does look good. It's sick. Rob's got a domestic conversation going on, but we're going to get me out of the corner. Matt, rolling, going. How's it going with you? (laughs) Good, good. uh, That's it. Time's up. Get out of the corner. Time's up. I was kissing her good night, but I was hitting the... Guys, listen, I'm committed to this bit. Can you imagine, Aaron? You come home, your wife is wearing underwear with my face on them. Erotic. I cannot imagine. Erotic. What a nightmare. Oh, no so great. Your kid sees oh, that. <gasps> Your kid <gasps> sees it. Uncle Rob. <laughs> Matt, roll and go. How's it going with you? Is your face on the front or the back? Or it's all over? What, what was your what was what was would your we thought? Only here? see it if their leg were up on a balance beam. <laughs> <or would> you... <laughs> no, the face. First of all, I know what you guys are going to ask. The face is facing out. Okay, you're seeing the front of my head, not the back. I'm not sick. All right, <laughs> not disrespectful. Okay, but I'm also smiling. I'm like, hey, how, you know, because I know this is for you. It's not for her. She can't wait. Can people see their underwear? Have I been missing out this whole time? Oh my god, I think I might be too fat. <laughs> Shit! Imagine Matt. seeing your underwear. Can't be me, Matt Russell. Four times a charm. Rolling, going. How's it going with you? All right. Uh, you know, I've realized uh, it's been we're finally getting our first snow here in in Minneapolis. Um, kind of the first significant one. I realized that I I I didn't know what I was. I don't know what I'm doing with blow ups. I've, I've got issues. You know, the bigger you get. Mm-hmm. The more you have to hammer them down and nail them into the ground and deeper, you know, things like that. Yep. And so my blow ups are all over the place. So I've had to like actually shut them off, which is just, Oh, what me to shut them. Yeah. Well, it's so windy out. Cause I haven't properly, uh, you know, tied them down, tethered them down. So no, I got, I got, I got issues. So I got to get better for next year. Um, I'm up to about three fifty five on nice. the list. Well, um, what have you listened to recently? Lana Del Rey. An mm-hmm. album called Norman Fucking Rockwell is yeah. unbelievable. What kind I mean, of music it was, is it? It, it, it? Taylor Swift came out with kind of this new, like, uh, I don't know, earthy, folky, kind of southern rock kind of a vibe, you know, the last couple of years. Well, Lana Del Rey did it before she was the Taylor Swift, before Taylor Swift was the new Taylor Swift. And it mm-hmm. is fucking good. I mean, it's awesome. So Norman Fucking Rockwell, Lana Del Rey. Um, summer 321 on the list. So that's my recommendation for the week. I know Rosie I told you to listen to it. I don't know if you listened to it or not. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We put that on. I got a text from Matt. Oh, it's great. It's like it's this kind of atmospheric. You yeah. Know, um, it's very cool. She writes her own stuff. She's uh I think she's from New Jersey, Rob. So she's she's almost one of you. But uh mm-hmm. you know, she's kind of got that vibe. So great album. I've been listening to nothing but Lana Del Rey uh, as much as I can lately because I think she's wonderful. So um, other than that, the Beatles documentary. Oh, I don't know yes, if you guys. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, let it, let it, let it be, it. right? Let it yeah, be. Yeah, let it be. Did you guys finish it? Get back. I, I yeah. finished it, Matt. Why don't you give our listeners an overview on what it is? You know, from what I know, um, the Beatles had planned. This was a McCartney thing. Um, he wanted to do a, like filming them 
writing the process of their next album. And then they were going to have it as like a one hour documentary and then culminate it with like a one hour live show, but mm-hmm. it was like a show be, to be recorded in front of a studio audience kind of thing. He was doing it to sort of save the Beatles. He thought mm-hmm. they needed like a goal. They needed a, something to work towards like deadlines, a, like a 500 album type thing. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> something to occupy their mind. Like they were all, they're all going all over the place. They didn't have anything to kind of tether them down. They didn't have a tour. They didn't have to put on an album, all this stuff. So he thought mm-hmm. they would do this. And so they started, they got this documentarian guy who's kind of a dink. I don't know. The guy drove me bonkers because all he kept trying to do was sell them on this. We got to do this live show. So none good. of them wanted to do, none of them wanted to do the live it's show. It's so good I mean, because he, you realize like here he is talking to the greatest band of all time. They've done whatever they want. They're all like, yep. they've, they are more experienced than anyone else. And you have like Charles St. Puffin or whatever his name is. He's in there like, well, you know what, guys, actually, we could do a show like we could go down to uh, Libya and maybe do a show down there. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> like, they're, they're, they're like, they're so sarcastic. Like, oh, yeah. it's so good. Ringo was like, I'm not traveling. Right. And they were like, well, Ringo won't travel. That's it. Like, that was amazing. He's <laughs> right. like, no, I'm not doing it. But so, yeah, Matt, so- the, Matt, the idea is that they had all this footage that they had taped for this original documentary Yep. 50 years ago and now peter and they jackson put it out. i mean from what i know they yeah. put it out you know and like yeah, the, the, the albums you see there right yeah and and you see the you know the stuff on the roof with uh i'm trying, I'm trying to remember the songs that they actually have on the album let it be uh yeah get back there's two or three of them that they were actually about record. a pony yeah oh what's that one called <laughs> Guys, we're Big the leading pony, music yeah. podcast these days, but for then, sure. But then, Matt, <laughs> so essentially what happens is Peter Jackson, the guy who made the Lord of the Rings or Star yep. Wars or one of those fucking shows, <laughs> takes all the, <laughs> takes all the footage. The I think he it was Star Wars. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he takes, he takes the all the footage. Like the They had like 60 hours of footage from this, and they make this really cool documentary with it, right? They they remaster all the color and everything. and Yeah, and, and there's spots where, like, they've got audio but not videos. They kind of put some of it together. But, I mean, there's mm-hmm. things. And, like, I'm trying to figure out. So Ringo and Paul are still alive. They're technically producers on this thing. Yep. Yeah. You know, and so it's it, at the end, after watching it, I mean, it definitely has a, a, a twinge towards not being controversial, right? Like, right. George Harrison walks out. You know, two week two weeks before they're supposed to do some sort of live thing, says I'm done, I quit. They try to get him a couple times, come back and forth. And I'm trying to be quick about this, but you know, and, and, and like you don't see any of the controversy. All you see is Paul McCartney is like basically takes over kind of the writing process when they're in Twickenham, 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 however you say it. And so, you know, I don't know. It, 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 Star it just, Wars. You know, they, and then you kind of, it seems like, uh, I, I think George was eating too much popcorn with flavor cola on it and his fingers were slipping off the strings and it pissed, <laughs> pissed Paul off. I, yeah, <laughs> it's so funny to, so first of all, I know that, uh, George Harrison's estate and Yoko's estate had to sign off on it. So they I did, think they, they did, I think intentionally they had to make it where it wasn't, it was totally kind of vanilla bland. I'm also going to say, if you are a, if you're going to watch this, you have to know it's like eight hours long. Right. You can't just be like really long. You can't just pop it. I I had it on just in the background and I was doing other stuff and then I'd watch it. And it really was, I thought really fascinating to see what does a band do when they've been turning out hits for eight, nine years, they're starting to, okay. And I, this is not about us. Okay. I know you're going to try to apply this to us, 
they're starting to get kind of sick of each other, maybe doing the same things over and over and kind of <laughs> doing the same, maybe like not respecting some people's opinions and just kind of doing whatever they want. And maybe one a spouse of one is kind of always everything. around when they're trying to record. And it's like, mm, that's kind of a thing where you got to take that into account too. And, um, but but I, I just thought it was really interesting to see just how you, you realize how genius they are, right? I mean, because... Yeah. Part of the process was them listening to George Harrison play a song and they're like, no, that song's shit. <laughs> and guess what? Yeah, it was. It was. And then Paul be like, mm, let me try something. And all of a sudden he just writes, get back. Like it's to watch him write, get back was mind blowing because he starts playing it. And I'm like, oh, I recognize that song. And you're literally watching him do that. I read a great article about how they did that, where they basically set up all the cameras, covered up the lights to show they were recording and just left them on. So they didn't know they were being recorded. So you got like real unfiltered footage of it it was awesome yeah. so i you know i thought it was a little vanilla for like if you're trying to figure out who broke up the beatles and all this stuff right. like mm-hmm. i thought it's pretty vanilla there but to actually watch them like rob was saying create the songs and how they were yeah. going through you know and working the words you know and it says like jojo was a man who was thought he was a whatever you know you know how, how they're coming up with all these words and they're workshopping and just how yeah. that all worked i mean that was fascinating to see mm-hmm. how those guys yep. work you know kind of the other stuff was just ultimately it was pretty vanilla i thought so Overall, for the eight hours, absolutely loved watching it. But, you know, there was nothing controversial, I guess, if, in my opinion, on what you saw. But I don't think, is there going to be any more controversial stuff with the Beatles? That thing, they've got, the rights have to be so hammered out. They have right. such, they're going through everything with a fine-tooth comb. And the, I just don't, I don't think that's, is that what really what we're interested in? Is like, no. Oh, uh, no. let me think. Do we blame the, the breakup of the Beatles on a woman? Hmm, like we've done for years and years in this really, like, kind of sexist, like, and, and probably problematically racist way of like, oh yes, I, it was this one right. woman. Or was it the guy who started taking heroin? Hmm. I wonder if it was the guy <laughs> taking heroin that maybe was part of the problem with this. And don't you think ultimately what they're shooting for is like to leave their legacy with something positive where people can watch it and enjoy like the creative process, yeah. right? Like, like what well, it doesn't do them any good to put anything else out there. They want to leave my guess is uh, Paul and Ringo want to leave their legacy with something positive but, and interesting. But, but right? I guess yeah. the only thing I'm going to say there is if you have umpteen hundred hours of video, right? Yeah. Like you kind of think like, well, we're now we're going to get like deep down into the, you know, and they had like these, uh, they, they hit a microphone in a pot of, you know, some flowers on the table and they didn't know they're hmm. being recorded. Like that was about the most controversial thing they talked about. And they're trying to go back and get uh, George Harrison back and that things like that. So like, I, again, I, am I expecting anything? No, but like, if you're going to say like, oh, we took all of these hundreds of hours of film, you know, and what, what you got out of it was everything you already knew anyways. I mean, like, so I don't know. That was kind of the only disappointing thing I thought, but. But I think you get to see it. That's the cool thing for the first time is like, you can, we've talked before about how it, it was becoming Paul's band, right? Like, I don't know if it yeah. was the white album where they were each kind of doing their own things. Like wasn't Sergeant Pepper's a, a Paul album essentially, but like you can see when they're sitting in there, He's telling everyone what to do. He's running yeah, the yeah. show. And yep. so to kind of see that in action, I could see like now for the first time to watch it be like, I wouldn't want to play with that guy either. Like yeah, I know it's see a genius, George's but, angst. But yeah, if you're a talented see. person, you think you don't need to tell that guy to tell you what to do all but the time. Right. I also think too, Paul's the kind of person that just says what he's thinking all the time. Yeah. And you kind of are like, okay, like we don't need to hear all your thoughts, but that's how he got through it. And it was just like, mm-hmm. it, it, it did wear on you, but it was also, I thought it was really interesting too, to see, I thought Paul and John at that point were going to be fighting all the time. Right. And what you realize is that they were just buds hanging out. And every time they did get in an argument, it was blown up because it's like, 
they're the Beatles, well, you know? Well, wasn't let John had already like resigned himself to, he was, he was done at that point. Like he was, he was going through the motions, but he already knew he was done. Yeah. And I'm then you sure. hear a story, you know, like I was doing much, you know, they, they were hanging out all through the seventies, you know, they were, I mean, it's like, I, it's, I don't know. I just, I, I don't, I'm not uh, that big into what actually happened and what happened to all that stuff afterwards. So, but I mean, I think it's certainly I mean, worth runs its yeah. course, right? They yeah. just, they would have they would have done reunion tours in the eighties if those guys had lived, right? I mean, yeah. I think stuff like they they might have just run out of new stuff to do together tonight like at the Metro so Metro Metro Dome. It's the Avatars and if the we, Beatles. Tickets thirty five dollars. <laughs> if we do a reunion tour after the five hundred albums, which album do you think we'll cover first? Like in twenty fifty two, what album oh, are we going to cover in a reunion tour? It's going to be Radiohead for sure. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, so the last thing I was going to say, you know, like George George Harrison brought up, you know, he was, he obviously didn't feel like his voice was being heard. He had all these songs he'd written. They weren't Beatles so songs. So my role in going, I would say, is that I, uh, <laughs> oof. Oof. <laughs> I think that's a funny bit. Go ahead, man. We're, we're going to have to talk bad into coming back after this. <laughs> so the only thing was that it was, George was talking about uh, going out and doing his own solo album at the time. And John was kind of like, yeah, it sounds great. Like, the fact that, you know, people do that all the time now. They got side projects and doing solo right, albums right. and all that stuff that they didn't, you know, it kind of seems like that was probably one of the, the first weird uh, super groups to kind of do that. So just the thought of it, I mean, like, yeah, he should have just gone, done his own thing, still done, you know, whatever. Some, some, it would be like if someone on yeah. this podcast made a referee podcast. Yeah. They made their own podcast. Yeah. Or maybe they got hired at the inflatable hotline. Okay. And because they was, they would get erotic <laughs> calls and they liked it. And finally, somebody would talk about erotic stuff with them and not keep saying, oh, let's talk about normal <laughs> stuff and albums. I mean, come on. What are we doing here? Rob, rolling going. How's it going with you? <laughs> he says that as though we haven't been listening to him for most of the night. <laughs> yeah. Sure, you don't need another one of those bang energy drinks. Can you can you text in to 802-277-Beck and tell us which one of us is which beetle? I have a clear idea in my head, but I think it's gonna make everybody mad when I say it. If you if, say it. No, if ahead, I say were it. to guess based on what happened when I was watching the documentary, I would say Rob is clearly Paul. He's telling people what to do. He's the boss. Yeah. Russell, Russell's clearly no Russell's, Russell's John. clearly John, because yeah. you know, there's gonna be a girl that's gonna start breaking up the podcast. I think Matt, I think Matt is Matt Ringo. Is Ringo. Ringo. Ringo didn't yep. say five words in an eight, in eight yeah. hours. He didn't. He, yeah. I don't he even think amazing. they let him talk. That's Matt's Ringo, yeah, and then I think Aaron is the guy who is hitting the anvil during Maxwell Silver Hammer and just smiling <laughs> away. He's having a great time. That's Aaron. That's no. the Beatles. Rose right is clearly the George Harrison. He's the one who's uber smart, great at his thing. You guys just don't ever take any of his suggestions. Uh, and eventually, <laughs> he's going to go off have his own podcast. Yeah. And he's going to be successful, that. and you guys are going to rue the day that you made fun of Rosie. I love the idea that everybody thinks maybe Aaron's like emailing, like, "Hey guys, I got these ideas for a podcast." Blah blah blah. blah. Let's do this. Let's do this. Oh please, give me a break. I hope this doesn't mean I'm going to get assassinated by Magic Mike or one of our creepy <laughs> fans or anything like that. No, I would like to marry a woman with one leg. Okay, that is something where I'm kind of thinking about it. Oh no, why? Is that your rolling going? No, that's what Paul did. Rob, rolling going. My name could be balanced. So what I'm going to talk about is I went to a restaurant by myself. Okay. One of my joys in life eating by myself. And it was a Mexican restaurant. The salsa was in a ketchup squeeze bottle, two different salsas, ketchup squeeze bottles. So instead of dipping the chip into salsa, into a ramekin of salsa, you squirt it on. I am squirting salsa onto each individual chip like a psychopath before I eat it. And you know what? 
I loved it. I thought it yes. was great. I could control the amount of salsa. What do you guys think about squirting salsa onto a chip individually for each one? Craziness never, or brilliance? I've never done it, but that sounds brilliant. That sounds amazing. It's the per, you can keep your proportions right. It seems like yep. a fun activity. It's like it's like uh, eating crab legs where you're cracking stuff open and you're eating it. There's like yeah. a process to it. I like it. And you know what I think the big greatest part was? Yeah. What? I've Tell gotten us. in arguments with people I love. Okay. People that bring microwave popcorn to movies or not? <laughs> Listen, it could be anybody. Okay. I love people lots that of people. don't own microwaves. When they dip <laughs> chips, they dip what it the vertically and do not actually get any salsa. They get like a scent of salsa on it. You know what I mean? That's like it my gets kind of people. Yep. That was, that's, that was going to be my argument. <laughs> They're that dippers, was... not scoopers. Dippers, yeah. not scoopers. So we met. Matt, you just like the hint of salsa? You I like just the like hint of salsa. Yep. I, you know, I like Disgusting. the hint of salsa. So I was going to say that you're <laughs> pouring your squeeze bottle ketchup thing. You know, that was going to get, that was going to put way too much on my chip. You know? so there's no way I'd go for that. I See, need but, to- but you're the problem because now let's say Matt and I are eating chips together, right? I'm, you know, kind of universe genius brain. I'm looking at the amount of chips. I'm looking at the amount of salsa. I'm doing math in my head. I'm doing the ratios. <laughs> You're scooping what you think is an appropriate amount. When I, when I, no, it doesn't even matter what's appropriate. I will change it based on how much salsa and chips there are. They bring more chips. Guess what? They're getting less salsa. They bring more salsa. Guess what? I'm doubling up the amount I put on the chip. When the chips are done, the salsa needs to be done. The ramekin needs to be empty of salsa. Mm-hmm. So with the squeeze bottle, I felt no pressure to finish the salsa. Whatever I ate was what I ate. I thought it was great because I don't, I am obsessed with finishing the salsa. Why? I have no idea. Do you, but is the salsa, like, is that expected to be one serving? Like, do they expect you to finish it? Or, or if they come back and the bottle's kind of be like, what the fuck? You ate the whole bottle? No, I mean like the bowl. If it's a bowl of salsa, I'll yeah, finish it every time. I'm asking about the bottle. I'm asking about the no, bottle. No, the bottle's ketchup. If you sit at a restaurant and you have to finish the ketchup bottle, you're a psychopath. Nobody would do that. That's the great yeah, part. So the guy who was sitting at your table before was squeezing out of that bottle. So you're getting See, that that's guy's... Gross. Yeah, you're getting that guy's leftovers. Fecal matter, probably. No, yeah. this is a bottle. Do you feel that way? About- this is insane. You guys are you guys are the dumbest thing. We're gonna, I mean, we can talk you about be sure the guy who handled it before washed his hands? You can't be sure. It's a bottle. It's, it's it's brilliant. You know he didn't take it into the bathroom with him and leave the toilet seat up when he flushed. You know and then- Listen, you guys want to be real. Uh, <laughs> Took his toilet paper out of this refrigerator. You guys want to be real Luddites and get your salsa in bowls? Guess what? I'm moving on. I'm in the 2000s. I'm in the, well, that's not the future anymore, but I'm in the future. (laughs) I love the squeeze bottle idea because I don't like, I don't like when you're trying to dig the last bits out of the corner of the ramekin and you're like, I want to get, I want to finish this. I like, I like my salsa from the 1900s, you know, in a (laughs) ramekin. I'm telling you what, (laughs) even buying a jar of salsa, I would rather buy it in a squeeze bottle. I would rather buy salsa in a squeeze bottle. Jars of salsa out, squeeze bottles in. So we are talking about, (laughs) among other things. We are talking about 1977's uh, Exodus by Bob Marley. So in 1976, there was an election happening in Jamaica, raising the always simmering tensions to a boil. The sitting prime minister called for a Bob Marley concert before the elections to de-escalate the situation. Unfortunately, many saw this as political maneuvering and and a person broke into Bob Marley's house with a gun hoping to stop the concert. Bob Marley was sustained minor arm and chest wounds, but his wife and backup singer, Rita Marley, sustained serious injuries along with their manager. Marley ended up performing the concert, in fact, stretching the one-song commitment to 12. When asked why he performed the concert with chest wounds from getting shot, he said, the people who are trying to make this worse won't take a day off. How can I? 
However, it affected Marley to the point where he left Jamaica for two years and went into a self-imposed exile and lived in England, where he recorded this album. While his heart must have been broken, the album he created, Exodus, became one of his best charting albums in Britain. It was on the charts for 56 weeks. While the sound on the album is still reggae, you can hear the influence of British rock with driving drums and liquidy bass. When Marley returned to Jamaica two years later, he asked the heads of political parties to shake hands on stage at his next concert. The conflict that caused Bob Marley to get shot, exile himself to Britain, and write Exodus was put to rest by the power of music. Let's listen to Exodus. And here we go. We're starting off with Natural Mystic. And you might be like, wait, I don't hear anything. That's because it's a slow fade in. I love it. Every album should do this. It's so good. It does sneak up on you. Here it comes. But you know right away, you mentioned that bass. You hear that bass right, right from the jump. This is a song that I didn't know until. So the bass is the family man, Barrett, right? This is the yeah. guy with all the kids, right? The family uh, man? Every, every track? Yes. That, uh, yeah, bass, that a, bass is bass pretty badass. And, and Rob put it best, liquidy bass. I saw that written. Liquidy bass. Mm-hmm. I don't know how else you what? would describe that, but the bass here is badass, isn't it? I feel like this album, I, I don't know if it's the best album we're going to listen to, but I do think the mix, once again, is really good. There's something about reggae albums that they feel like every instrument is so separate and you can hear it. And if you listen to this album like on Amazon Music, for example, it's in Atmos HD, and it sounds so good if you crank it up all the way. It's, it's great. It's panned all the hell, though, right? I mean, in headphones, it's like it seems odd. Yeah, that separation. Like you get like a lot of like hi hat in one ear and all the bass in the other. Yeah, it's a Russell special where if a headphone falls out, you're screwed. You're <laughs> you're not here. You're like I thought Bob Marley sang on this album. It's I was just listening to a lot a lot of symbols this morning <laughs> on this one. It was pretty rough. Matt, what do you think of that one as a as an opening track on this one? I mean, for what it is, right? I mean. Reggae, it's 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 pretty good. You know, rock albums, you want kind of want them to hit right away. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I feel like reggae sets a mood, and that yep. song sets a mood right yeah. off the bat. So, Aaron, I, I might edit this out, but can you explain to us what reggae is? Like, what's the beat structure? You know me, I love time signatures. I want to get into reggae, it. Reggae, reggae. Well, didn't we already yeah. go over this once? Oh yeah, Russell's that's right. Scott, 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 Scott. Yeah, I think it's about the backbeat and the in the, the reggae they did the kind of duples. So yeah, Russell's got it. God, we're quoting ourselves. We're so dumb. Yeah. We're like, remember that? We're all like, yeah, we do. Scott, Scott, Scott. So much to say. Okay. It's a song about man. Yeah, this is where you first hear uh, the backup singers. Are they the I3s? Is that right? Yep. So uh, Bob Marley's wife was in there. Guiltiness. Guiltiness. This has, there are, and maybe I, I don't know now if it's uh, hindsight because I've read a, a bit about Jamaica at the time and, and in general, but some of these tracks have this kind of sinister quality. Yes. Somehow, and you yes. just associate reggae with sunshine and happiness, and then you read more about what, what Jamaica is about and what Bob Marley was singing oh, about. I think, yeah, I think it's, ex- it's ex- extremely political up front, yeah. right? And you kind of get more loose uh towards the end of it and but i think they clearly thought about where these songs are going to be based on what was going on at the time and put the kind of the political ones right up front yeah good point well you can imagine i mean you're you're living somewhere right all you want is you want happiness and peace in that country 
and it gets so bad that you get shot, you leave for two years, and then what kind of album are you going to write after that? I, I think the history behind this album is fascinating. I think what's unfortunate about this album is that it's not the one everybody knows, right? It's not legend. Right. Yep. So like you have a song yeah. like Guiltiness, which I think could be a good song, but I haven't heard it 100,000 times. Like I have Buffalo Soldier, for example. But this album I read has the most songs of any of his albums that are actually on legend. Yes. So this yeah. is this is the yeah. one that's got the most hits out of the, the standard one yet. studio yeah. albums, right? And I'm going to tell you, yeah. the front half of the album is not those. The front half right. of the album is all the political songs. They're not the big hits. The back half of the album is where he gets horny. Bob Marley gets horny <laughs> on the back half of this album, and they start to slap big time. Well, we, well, maybe it's time to skip to side B. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Heathen. <laughs> this is one of my favorite songs. There's just kind of this sharp guitar, the really deep bass. Yeah. It just seemed a little bit different than the breath. Listen to that. Bob Marley was really good with guitar sounds. Whatever he's doing with pedals and whatever, he, he always yeah. has a creative sound for his guitar solos, which I love. Because reggae, I mean, the, the beat of reggae is pretty much the same for every song, right? Like, I think the drum the drum player in Bob Marley's band was probably like, hmm, what am I going to do for this one? Oh, I know. Do, 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 do. It's, 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 but the guitar sounds so unique on each one. Yeah, I should look. I don't know who his guitar player was. was I mean, I... Like on the heathen, I don't know if it's Marley playing guitar or not, right? Some of these would have had session musicians. I think it's Junior Marvin is the guitar player. The rhythm guitar is Marley. The bass is Family Man Barrett. There we go. Although the rhythm, yeah, you're right. The rhythm guitar playing is nice. I mean, there's like the musicianship on this album is super tight. Like these songs, I, I keep trying to figure out like why, why do I know Bob Marley so well? Like why did I never understand how great this music was if I knew him so well it was always just like oh he's this megastar and then you start to listen and the music is is on point the musicians are on point mm-hmm. but part of it too don't you think it's so it sounds so the same throughout the whole album like you could put this album on at a party anywhere in this album it's going to sound exactly the same I mean after a while like no. I would, I would listen to this album and just be like, okay, my first. I don't, it. I don't know it. if they all sound the same. For me, it's the tempo. The tempo is kind of slower, and mm, it's yeah. to me, I heard the same tempo from song to song. So that's where I feel when that. I was listening to it, I would get so many songs, and I'd be like, the tempo's never changing. So for me, it was the tempo always being the same, not necessarily the instruments or and whatnot. And I, you know, the first four songs, I went to, I saw the Whalers, and I was trying to figure out if any of the Whalers were actually the real whalers. And I don't think they are. I think they're all kids of the whalers now and yeah. kind of carrying it on at first Ave, I went with Charlie from Minneapolis and I went and you know, the songs like the first four you heard kind of the slower, more political ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't, they're, they're not good live songs. What we hear coming out of this now moving forward. I mean, you put those live and in a show and it is electric, I, right. And everybody's bouncing yeah. and dancing and it's great. And so, you know, while they have those songs, the, I mean, the first four, they're just, you, know, you don't think of them as party songs. They are political, you know, and you don't think of them as, as getting your head bobbing too much. But, um, you know, from here on out, man, they're great. So, I, I think what's funny about that band you saw where it's all their kids is that the band has 12 bass players. Like, it's just yeah, all it's weird. <laughs> so it's great. <laughs> 14 backup singers. Exodus. Yeah, I mean, this is like, you want to dance for, right? It's good. I mean, this one is driving. It's oof all the way there. Right. It's long and again, you know, it kind of starts. It's going after a while. And there's something too about the echoes I really like. I don't know. I could see where if I if you saw this live, it would be 
you, they could extend this out to a 30-minute jam, I'd be riding it the whole way. Forget about it. Aaron, how what, how do you describe Bob Marley singing? What 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 does a, a musician or a, someone with a vocal performance background think of Bob Marley's vocals? Oh, I'm glad you asked, Russell. I, I've been thinking about it a lot this week because, again, like I said, I'm like I've listened to his music a lot and enjoyed it. But I think he has a great voice. I really do. Like he's just gonna, he's, he has a naturally gifted voice. I think he, you can hear he borrowed a lot from American R and B, and then American R and B took it back. I don't think he his voice has the power of someone, say, like Otis Redding or even like Little Richard, but it has a lot of subtlety and he's really flexible with his phrasing and, and his movement up and down. That uh, I think it's an I think it's like an all time great voice. Next up, guys, just like me when I played basketball in high school, we're jamming. Jamming. Okay. If, if you were able to legit dunk a basketball on a hoop, how much money would you be willing to pay if I, in, in your life you were able to physically do that? $10,000. I would say $20,000. Yeah. yeah. $20,000 is bad. Will you, can you beat $20,000 or not? No. No. <laughs> Wait a minute, Matt. What's Matt doing? He's taking his computer out to the driveway. He's getting, oh my God, he just dunked a basketball. I can't believe it. That's crazy. <laughs> I got one of those hoops that lower it out. If I had a, a, for a video of me dunking a basketball, $10,000. For a video of me dunking over somebody, 35. Easy. I, yeah. Easy. I have, do you guys ever have like ongoing dreams? Like where you have, like you constantly have like a similar dream. I have a dream and it probably happens every six months or so where all of a sudden I'm playing basketball and I'm, I'm just like, you know, schlubby me where I, I can barely, I can't touch the net, you know, but then all of a sudden I jump up and I touch the rim and I'm like, wait, I'm much more skilled than I thought I was. And then all of a sudden I barely get the, a dunk in and I dunk it and everyone's like, damn. And then all of a sudden I turn into like Dominique Wilkins by the yes. end of this dream. I am just the human highlight film. I'm throwing down like 360 windmills. And then I wake up and I have to look at myself in the mirror and I was like, God yeah. dang it. It's such a disappointment. <laughs> Russ wakes up to the hottest, hardest boner he's ever had in his whole life. Just from dunking it over and over in his dreams. It's so hot to the touch. Right. All the time. <laughs> I, I think that I dissed jamming as a, as a song the last time we talked about this song and I was incorrect. I think it's actually a really good song. I was wrong when I said that before. This what one also changed? has a political, uh, I don't know. I just listened to it enough that I, I thought I enjoy, I, I just think it's a better song. I feel like it, it also has a strong message that I was missing before. So yeah, I think it's a great song. And when you see these songs, like the backup singers, really, if you really pay attention to how active the backup singers are and how much they're a part of the band, I mean, it's pretty sweet to, to watch them do their thing live in person. Matt, you were, Aaron mentioned the backup singers before and I, I, I heard the backup singers and that was one of my favorite parts of the album. I don't know for you guys, but that was one of my favorite parts was the backup singers. And I believe that's the I threes, right? You know, I and think that's right. Marsha yeah. Griffiths, Rita Marley, who Rob mentioned in the opening and then Judy Mowalt. And so these were like the most, this is the most like successful vocal group in the history of Jamaican music in terms of a female group. And so I thought we could do a list. Of the oh. songs that have the greatest Ooh. backup vocals <gasps> of all time. Oh my god! Oh, I love it. I mean, wasn't every oh, wasn't about this. wasn't everybody's dream at one point to be a backup singer? Yeah, I, that's everybody's dream, right? Not me, Rob. I wanted to be out front. Oh my yes. god! I wanted to be the main star, <laughs> the main host. All right. Before we get into the list, I'm worried about Aaron because he's going to have so many bands he wants to be on this list, but. 
So one thing, one caveat I have is it can't just be a group band. It's got to be like a solo artist with, with backing vocals. So no Supremes, no Temptations where it's just a group where they've got one person taking the lead and everyone else is singing backup. It's got to be one lead person and, and backup vocalist that you don't know who they are. Is that fair? I mean, I'm with it. Yep. With you, it. you came up with this list and you also made the rule. So I'm not sure why you are <laughs> okay. the captain of the ship. All right. First up on the list. I don't think this guy's ever made the list. He was originally really high on the list. He got bumped way down. I think he's coming up in a few weeks. This is Elvis Presley. The oh, song is Elvis. Teddy Bear and the backup singers are the Jordanaires. It's so good. Is that badass? Yeah, so tight. Yeah, I mean, they must have just rehearsed the hell out of this, right? They don't miss a note. I was reading something super cool about this. So this is this quartet. Out of 700 Elvis songs, the Jordanaires were on 341 of them. Almost half Jeez, of the Elvis what? songs God. these guys were singing with. Isn't that awesome? That's incredible. Can you imagine? I hope they all get paid. They got the lyrics for that. And it just says, Bob Shua, Bob Shua, Bob Shua, <laughs> Teddy Bear. They're like, yes, we're in. Next up on the list. I think Rosie will like this one. This is Sam Cooke, Bring It On Home To oh. Me. Check oh, out the backup yeah. vocals here. Oh, Who there's else? something. I'm picking up something on Aaron's computer. It's so hot. I don't know what it was. It's going to <laughs> bring, it all, bring it all yeah. Aaron, who's Lou Rawls? I've heard the name, but I don't really know who he is. I don't know Lou Rawls that well either, but I know he's a soul singer. Maybe he's from Philadelphia. I don't recall. Uh, lately, I've been digging on his Christmas album. <laughs> it's really good. I don't know him. I do own his Christmas album, but I'm, you know, not I said I've been digging on it. But yeah, I think he's the one singing back up there. Is that right, Russell? Oh, that is right. It's Lou Rawls. I read he was like a music producer, and then his most famous song was a song I'd never heard of. So I was like, well, maybe I should <laughs> kick this off the list, but I didn't have time to do it. So it had to stay on. I mean, I, it's a great song. I love that song. I love to hear Sam let it go a little bit. All right. Next up on the list, this is a guy who we all started to dislike because he had a super long country music album on the list, Ray Charles. But this song is pretty awesome. And check out the backup vocals on this. The, the song is called Nighttime is the Right Time. Yes, listen to that. These are the Ray Letts, Marianne Fisher and Margie Hendricks. Now, were they the ones that were in the Diet Pepsi commercials? Oh, I forgot about the Diet Pepsi commercials. What? Because they were the Rayettes, right? Were they? Was that the, what they were? I think so. Yeah, I think I, I, or were they computer generated? I can't remember what. Like, I think there was one, and they copied it three times. One interesting thing about this song, you know, who else recorded this song? James Brown also recorded this song. He may have had to ask for permission. He would have said what? And I record this song. But it was funny. The one thing James Brown said that was different about his version of Ray Charles is his version had a gospel backup and Ray Charles had those, those backup singers, which kind of set Ray Charles apart. I thought oh, that was that, pretty I, awesome. That, that was, I love that backup. I just hear it. It's so clear. Oof. So good. Next up on the list, the lady of soul. I believe this album is coming up in a few weeks. Matt, am I right? Lady of soul by Aretha coming oh, yeah, up in, within yeah. the next month or so. So this uh, is, you make me feel like a natural woman. And check out the background vocals on this. These are the sweet inspirations we've heard before. Coming up at 75. 75, so, so coming up. Mm. That back, 
backing music is awesome. I, I don't know if I've heard of a Aretha song with that good of backing music. Have you, I don't know. I got to dig into that. I might have to do another version of what's Aaron's meal, but this time it's the Aretha version and not the Carol King version. <laughs> Brilliant. Every time, every time we play the sweet inspirations because it's Whitney Houston's mom, we have to be careful that Aaron's not around any popcorn buckets, right? <laughs> hey, there's no kernels at the bottom. It all popped. It's so hot. <laughs> all right. Last song on the list. This is, Joe Cocker, we've talked about him a long time ago because Rob thought he was the ugliest dude on the history of a, of a album cover. Look it up. But this is Joe Cocker with a little yeah. help from my friends. Check out the back <laughs> the backup vocals on this one. Oh. Yeah. I mean, just killing it. I mean, this reminds me of sitting down and getting ready to see the most beautiful face on TV, Wayne. I mean, that guy was gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, wait, did you say Wayne? Hold on, I gotta go get my popcorn bucket. <laughs> Ugh, so good. Do you guys know who played guitar on that song? Uh, oh, George Harrison. I used to know. God, who I was did that? know that. Yeah. No. Jimmy Page. Oh, oh wow. wow. Also, the really cool thing, we were talking about the Beatles earlier. So the Beatles also did that song. They recorded it a year earlier. But they didn't release it as a single. And so they were they liked Joe Cocker's version. They liked it so much. They sent him a telegram of congratulations and also placed an ad in the newspaper giving him congratulations. Can you guys imagine how awesome we would be if one of our Beck Did It Better fans, one of the Becker heads, posted a notice in the newspaper <laughs> saying how freaks. great our episode was? <laughs> like they posted in the podiatry section or what's what's a foot doctor? Our, our dumb shit fans can't even call and leave a voicemail the right way. Like. <laughs> Every one of them is like, they're never going to get their act together and leave a news. Plus, if what newspaper would they put it in that we would see it? Well, Matt would see it, I guess, but that's about it. So in honor of Matt, Aaron, and I being the backup vocals for Rob, I thought that was a pretty good list. That's a good Hello. list. That's a heck of a list. That's a good list. I was going to say Russell. That was a good list. Oh, I, I don't want to do the deep face boy. We found out more information about that. Now we don't feel good about that episode, no. do we? No. Could have to go back and scrub that one before we get canceled. Next up, we've got waiting in vain. Guys, just like cholesterol, according to my doctor, waiting in veins. Oof. This was about the frustration with waiting on a relationship and not knowing if it's going to work out. I was curious, when did you guys know that your relationship with your spouse was going to work out? Uh, probably when that pregnancy test was positive. I think that was about <laughs> when I was like, hey, this is going to work. When the baby came out looking like you, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> she had a mustache and a cool haircut. You were like, yeah. yes, this is my child. Yeah. Honestly, I think it's when she said, hey, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll go get dinner with you sometime. I was like, well, better marry this. No way, more waiting is, in vain, huh? Yeah, this is not going to happen ever again. So I have to. <laughs> My favorite part of this episode so far is having the moment where Rob's um, energy bang energy right. drink is worn off of it. I was going to say, I was going to ask if anybody thinks we should have him drink a little bit more. It could either be a caffeine crash or it could be, you know, maybe it could be my wife is sleeping next door and she came in like 10 minutes ago and yelled at me that I was being too loud. 
And I said, we're going to be done about 10 minutes ago. So maybe I'm just keeping it on the down low so we don't get trouble. My mic is automatic. Should, level. Should we, should we all just do the, the podcast? No, the rest we can't. Of the, is it time for the rating? I told you. Yeah. Nobody, well, Rob, Rob when you creep into that room, make sure you turn the lights down low, okay? Yeah. <laughs> oh, the fact that you think my wife and I have been sleeping together this week is a joke to me. <laughs> I have been telling my, I have been in the room with my eight-year-old, which she hates. Because I keep telling this her we're baby room- making music. I here. keep saying, yeah, that, it is yes, baby making absolutely music. right. Well, then I should be telling this story, I guess. Because wouldn't it be great if the line worked? Like, if you could just say, "I want to give you some good, good loving," and that works. Like, that would just be. It probably works for Bob. Sometimes, you know, if you really want to have an intimate moment with your spouse, again, who raised no. your children, got together. I find what really works. You know, sometimes it's turn the lights on low. Sometimes it's just. Hey! <laughs> just, just, <laughs> just pathetic. Three little birds. <laughs> so can I tell you guys the song I was gonna write for the parody song was three little turds, and it was gonna be about you guys in the podcast. But I thought it was so mean, and I hate the word turd more than almost any other word. I hate the word. So I was like, I cannot sing a song about that. <laughs> Rob, your Excel spreadsheet list of things you hate includes all desserts except for ice cream, <laughs> the word turds, and what else do you not guts. like? Milk uh, duds. Ferris <laughs> Bueller, Christmas story. <laughs> it's crystal clear. I don't know what you guys, what the problem is. All right. <laughs> Speaking of the rest of this year, one love. One love. Great way to end the album, right? Oh. A bang. Classic song, yeah. Curtis Mayfield. Is that the guy who had the heart transplant? Curtis Mayfield. Oh, let's not act like everyone knows the difference here. Come on. Like, Curtis Mayfield? Is it Curtis? Yeah, that's true. The idea of Bob Marley collaborating with a Curtis Blow song, though, is very funny to me. For the impressions. Do, 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 do. All right. So that brings us to nobody's favorite part of the podcast. It's the very pop. Actually, that's what it's very popular. It's patented. It's the rating system. For some reason, my notes had cake going the distance coming up next, and I'm not really sure why. Cake going the distance. <laughs> going for speed. Yes. She's all alone. That was the first dance of my wedding. Okay. That was one of those songs where Sarah's friends in high school really liked it. I just never got cake. I don't know. They, they never really spoke. To no, them. no. They're terrible. Listen, this song, 71 on the list. Okay. This is kind of like. Rob, Rob, yes. stop. Energy yeah. up. We got to yeah. finish strong. I, I know you're get, crashing. I'm going to get yelled at. It's, it literally is me getting. <laughs> the sleeping arrangements have changed because my in-laws are in the bedroom. My wife is right next door, so I cannot yell anymore. I will be killed. We will. This podcast will be over. You're done in like five minutes. It'll be all right. This album comes in at 71. Okay. So think about this. Okay. We are in London. We're walking down the street. We're trying to find Bob Marley's uh, recording studio. We look. Oi, governor. This is 69. This is 70. This is 71. We're going up the street. Okay. In a similar way, we have decided in this podcast, what's cool is to do all the really good albums first. And then as we go, it's only going to get worse and worse. Actually, much like these episodes. Is is this album well-toned? It deserves to be at 71. This is a perfect place for it. Okay. If it was further down the street at 73, 74, 75. Maybe even at Twidbury Place, okay, or the circus, whatever that is. There's like circuses in England that are just streets. That'd be the most disappointing thing ever if you saw an address was a circus and you went and it's just an avenue. 
that's like when you went to that restaurant circus circus and they had changed the big rat from Chuck E. Cheese to these other animatronic animals, rodents. <laughs> Disappointing. And then you move the sign and it says circus circumcise. And it's a whole different oh. restaurant. Trapeze. Yeah, there's something there. Okay, we're, I'm going to get back to that next week. Just, you know what? Energy. We just don't have the same effect when yeah. you're talking like this, Rob. Clown car. Something clown car. With the most, with the most uh, zest. Doesn't matter. Tell you. Doesn't matter. This is this is survival mode. Okay, we have to do this to survive. Uh, is this a rolling? Well, toned. It's perfect at 71. Is this a rolling boned? We should have seen this earlier. This is a great album. It is laying down. It knows what it is, and it's the best at it. It deserves to be higher than 71. Or is this a rolling groan? We didn't like it. We could see it later or maybe not at all on the list. Okay. As we are realizing now that we're going to be meeting on Friday nights until the day we die. Uh, but don't probably not to think about that right before we do the rating system. Matt, what do you think? Rolling well-toned, rolling bone or rolling groan? And please keep well, in mind. Do. Uh, oh, hey, uh, Aaron, is that some popcorn you have? Uh, so hot. Well, I do really like this album. And I do really like Bob Marley. And I want to thank my buddy Nate from Richfield for getting in to Bob Marley because I've enjoyed him over the years. You cannot be low energy, too. I need you to. I'm I'm begging you. I'm I'm just trying. You know what? As the Ringo of this quartet we've got here, I I need to adapt to what Mm -hmm. the Paul and John are doing. So that's what I'm doing. I'm just I'm, I'm adapting to what's going on. Okay, so I will say. That I think this is rolling well toned. I think most of the albums in the top 100 that we've got that we've said are rolling grown, which means they should be higher on the list, which means a lower number. They've had some sort of influence and we can see that they've like blossomed off into this other sort of, um, kind of area of where everybody's copying them or, you know, using them for inspiration. And I just don't see that with the reggae. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, I think it's kind of a, Sounds bad, but I think it's more niche than anything. I think some of the punk stuff's a little niche Um but uh, that's like the know, that's like a, one of my favorite philosophers. Yeah. Nietzsche? Yeah, he's a good dude. Um as a as an album though, I mean this is a real this is an awesome album. As a standalone album, this is great. So I think it's uh at seventy one, this is rolling well toned. Thank you. Aaron, what do you think? Rolling well toned, rolling bone, or rolling grown? And keep in mind. Um, I'll I'll bear that in mind. Okay, good. I <laughs> I think it's great to hear because we're all at least I think those of us who've discussed this on the podcast we we learned about Bob Marley from the Legend album and so uh, which has obviously great songs on it. But I think it's really cool to hear a Bob Marley album that was made all at one time and in one mm-hmm. you know generally one place. And you hear what's great about him and his voice and his band. Um, I will gently disagree with Matt. I think you hear a lot of reggae influence in modern R&B and hip hop. Um, but all the influence aside or not, I think that um, this is a great album. It's a great picture of what reggae music and um, the, the Bob Marley phenomenon was about. So I'm going to say Rolling Well Toned. <sighs> Russell, what do you think? Rolling Well Toned, Rolling Bone, or Rolling Grown? And please keep in mind. I'm Wrong one. That's my bad. <laughs> Is this the influence? Keep in mind. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the album. Yeah, I kind of wish we hadn't have listened to Legend earlier because Legend was so yeah. good. But it's a, it's a greatest hits, and it, it shouldn't have been on the list from my perspective. I wish our first experience with Bob Marley on the list would have been this album because I think I, if I would have heard this the first time, you know, well, there's four songs I think that are on Legend, maybe more. 
If I would have heard this yeah. the first time, I would have said it's it's rolling mm-hmm. boned. Totally. No question. It should be higher, but we've already gone through it once. So I, I don't think I was blown away by it, but I think I wish we could get rid of the legend on the list. But for me, I love the guitar. I love the bass. I, I love the whole album. It was a little bit slow for me, but overall rolling well-toned. I enjoyed it. Guys, unfortunately, Russ pretty much took my bit 100%. It is a rolling, not a compilation. Yes. Ah. It, it, <laughs> Legend is a better album, but in my mind, this is the first Marley album we've had, and it totally satisfies my soul. Satisfy. You didn't soul. wait in vain. Guys, just fun. like Live at the Apollo was more fun than Star Time, this one is at least, uh, you're getting a picture of like, Bob put this album together. He had a message. You can tell the tone of what was going on in his life. Hey, it's, it's, a, it's a great album. Put it on. Listen to it. Next up. Oh, God. I wrote a singing part. Oh, no. How do I do this? I guess I'm trouble hearing Rob. I think Rob needs to speak up. I can't hear him very well. But you guys. Old man, hey. take a look at my life. I'm a lot like you. We've been doing this dumb podcast forever. We're only up to 72. <laughs> We've had five good that. episodes and a lot that blew. Guys, this is Harvest oh. by Neil Young. Oh. Yes. Matt, have you ever been more pumped for an album? Yeah, well, once we get Pearl Jam up in 168 or whatever, it'll be a little more pumped. But no. I can't wait for Neil Young. Guys, I have a big problem. There's something leaking. I can't tell if it's the flavor coal I poured on my microwave popcorn <laughs> or if there's a major problem with my liquidy base. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I'll put in a Seinfeld bar that goes, whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> 